You would think, well, why not a Palm Sunday sermon? Well, I don't know. I just know what I know. But we're going to look at this uh, 16th chapter today. I'm not going to read all the verses, but I just want to just uh, fill in the blanks a little bit, and then uh, we'll pick up in uh, verse 18. But Samson, he was a mighty man. He was a strong man. And I feel like that his parents raised him right. But when he left home, it seems that he forgot everything that his parents had taught him. The Bible says that he left there and went down into Gaza and found a prostitute. And he laid with her. He had sex with her. That didn't satisfy him. So he went on down a little further to a little old town called Zurich. And he met a lady, a woman. And he fell in love with her. Her name was Delilah. Samson was a threat to the Philistines. A mighty threat. And they were doing their best to hem him up, to capture him. And they made a pledge to Delilah that they would pay her if she could find out where his strength lied. So she began to love on him. Okay, I'm not going to go into no details there, but she enticed him. She's dragging him along, just like Satan drags us along. And so she says to him, I'd like to know where you get your strength from. Uh, He said, well... I tell you what you do, you get some green rope, some green rope. I mean, some that hadn't been used before and tie me up good and then call for the Philistines and you'll see that that's, uh, that's where my strength is. So she, he allowed her to uh, tie him up as wild women will do. Well, as soon as she got him tied up good, she called for the Philistines to come in. And as soon as they came in, he broke loose those things, and my goodness, Katie barred the door. They run, they got out of there. She went back to him and says, you have lied to me. You've tricked me. You told me what to do, and I did it, and it didn't work. He said, well, I'll tell you what you do. Get some rope that's been used before. Well dried out. Tie me up, and that'll do it. She did that. She called for the Philistines. They came in. He broke loose, and... Hey, they scattered again. She said, now I'm I'm getting tired of this. You've lied to me again. Please, I beg you. Loving on him, by the way. Hey, please tell me. He said, well, you know, my hair. uh, My hair beautiful. Seven locks of hair. I mean, no telling how much grooming he did to that every morning. Just getting it just right. And he says to her, if you will weave this, plait this hair out real good. Um, that's where my strength is. So, she did. She called for the Philistines. They come in again. Didn't work. He jerked the bars down, jerked the doorposts down. I mean, I mean, he was in a rage. She went to him one more time and said, you've lied to me. I've loved you. I've let you love on me. I said, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. He said, well, I'll just tell you. Since you have won my heart over, if you'll just cut all my hair off, just make me bald, that's where my strength is. 
So she loved on him and he loved on her and he fell asleep on her knee. What a shame. She called for them. They came in and shaved his head completely. And when he woke up, he charged out of there. Not realizing, the Bible says, that the Lord had left him without strength. Now, if you'll look at verse 18. Cassie, if you'll put that up now. If you want to stand, please, fine. Verse 18 says, And Delilah saw that he had told her of his heart. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up at once, for he has showed me all of his heart. Then the lord of the Philistines came up to her and brought her money in their hand, and she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for the men, and she came in. They shaved off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him. His strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of the sleep and said, I will go out as the other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. Now that's a dangerous place to be in, y'all. The Lord Jesus said he would never leave us nor forsake us. But he didn't realize, hey, that God himself, the Lord, had departed from him because of his wayward way. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes. They gouged out his eyes that he became blind. Then they brought him down to gaze and bound him with feathers and brass. And he did grind in the prison house. Howbeit the hair of his head began to grow again after that he was shaven. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered themselves together to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. For they said, Our God, with a little letter, hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised God, for they said, Our God hath delivered unto the hands of our enemy and the destroyer of our country which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, and they said, call for Samson, that he come out and make sport. They wanted to make fun of him, okay? His strength's gone, he's blind, he's bound. I want you to look what he says. And he called for Samson out of the prison house and made him sport. And they set him in between the pillars. Now, I don't know about this little boy, where he came from, or what the deal was here, but look what the Bible says. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, that held him by the hand. He said, Suffer me that I may fill the pillars whereupon thy, the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, all cheering and making fun of the great strong man who now has lost his strength, who's gone blind. And it says, and there were upon the roof 3,000 men and women. They were not only in that arena there, they were on top of it, looking down, making fun of him. Verse 28 says, and Samson called upon the Lord and he said, O Lord, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me. I pray thee only that once, O God, that I may once avenge the Philistines for, their, for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which he bore up 
and one with the right hand and the other with the left. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself and all his, with all his might and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which were slew in his life. And his brethren and all the house of his fathers came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eslo in the burying place of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Lord, help us to keep our eyes and our mind on you that we may not stray, that we may not lose our eyesight, that we may not be bound by Satan. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm satisfied there's not a one of us in here that has not been in a mess from some time or the other. Seems like we are either in a mess, or we're headed to a mess, or we're just coming out of a mess. But you know what I mean. You, you've been in a mess, I've been in a mess, and I thank the Lord. How in the world did I get in such shape? You know, our parents taught us as, as children uh, that, that when we make a mess, we ought to immediately clean up the mess and make it look better than it was before the mess. But sometimes, yeah, I know what you do. I know what we do sometimes. But our grand youngins, we fall in there and help them clean up the mess. When we ought to just stand there and say, look, you're going to clean this mess up. You made the mess, and you're going to clean up the mess. If we don't teach them about making a mess and how to clean up a mess, then they're going to go to public school and make a mess, and they're going to whine, and some of them's going to be kicked out. They're going to finally get a job somewhere, and they're going to make a mess, and they're not going to know how to clean it up. So I think about this. You know, the... in our spiritual lives, we're the same way. Uh, we mess up. We sin. We fall short of the glory of God and what God expects out of us. <clears throat> you know, God blessed Lynn and I with two boys. Okay, it was my responsibility as the daddy to raise those boys and teach and train those boys. It was Lynn's responsibility also, even in the kitchen. Listen, I'm so proud today that both of my boys are very capable of cooking a meal and put it on the table. Why? Because they were taught, they were trained. Uh, listen, mother and daddies today have shirked their duty. They are not training their children up. They're not raising them right, and they're sending them out. Well, they're out of our hair, thank goodness. Hey, they reflect you. Samson got away from his learning. He got away from his teaching. He got away from doing what was right. God had blessed him with mighty strength. And I think so much, you know, as I look at you men, okay, let's just, just look at you men. You, some of you guys, I mean, man, I guess when I shake your hand, or I, or I, you got some guns. <laughs> you do. I told somebody last week, I said, look, my guns have gone to slingshots. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're flabby, and you've got to really pull it back to get anything out of it. But, you know, when I think about recovering, recovering from a mess, first of all, listen, serious here, we need to learn 
from our mistakes. Uh, somebody said, there never has been a book written how to raise children. Oh, yes, they have, and it wasn't Spocky. It was the Bible. It is the Bible. It teaches us how to train a child, teaching a child. You know, it's amazing our, our youngest grandson, when he was probably two, I'd talk about Jesus. He'd just turn away. He wouldn't want to have nothing to do with it. Well, he started going to Bethel's uh, preschool. I'm going to tell you now, that young'un, he can quote the scripture. He can sing songs about Jesus. And uh, so I thought we would have a little fun. Well, he and I went into the basement, and, and I found some playing cards. And he said, Granddaddy, what is this? I said, that's playing cards. It's got numbers. It's got letters on it. So I began to pull them out one at a time. And I mean, time I hold it up, he'd say it was a two, a three, a four, a seven, or whatever, or an A, or a B, or whatever. <laughs> and he said, now you try it. Well, he'd hold up a card no purpose. I'd say the wrong number or the wrong letter. After about four or five cards, he said, Granddaddy, you need help. <laughs> you need help, Granddaddy. We had a good time. Well, a day or so later, Josh calls and said, uh, Brantley said, you, you don't know your numbers and your letters. <laughs> said, you got him feeling sorry for you. We learn from our mistakes, okay? You would think once you raised up one, the next would come along, you'd know how. Hey, in our case, it was different. Both had the same daddy, both got the same mama, but they're different. But we have to raise them. We can't let our guard down. We need to learn from our mistakes. We, listen then, we don't need to let a mess control our Attitude. We don't need to let the mess control our attitude. You see, an attitude will control our altitude. Hello? It will. We need to watch our, our, our attitude. Um, Samson's weakness, listen, Samson's weakness was a bad temper. A bad temper. Evidently, at home, he didn't get much thrashings when he would pitch a fit. In Walmart. The young'un, I don't know, wanted a toy. And the mama says, no, you're not getting it. <clears throat> I want this toy. I want this. Picks it up. You put that back because you're not getting it. The young'un lays down in the floor. He starts hollering. He ain't crying. He's hollering. And he's a-kicking. And I'm thinking, I would walk off and leave him laying there. And let him figure out the mess he's in when he can't find his mama. No, she went over and picked him up and tried to smooth it up. And yeah, she got the toy and here they went. So he's going to go to school kicking and, and hollering. He's going to get on the public job of kicking and hollering. And first thing you know, he's going to be homeless. And all started there in Walmart at two or three years old. And, and Samson, he had a bad temper. You know what? You do not lose your temper. You can't lose your temper. What you lose is control of your temper. I mean, you know, Jesus had a temper. He run the money changers out of the temple. Hey, you know, when I think of losing control, 
uh, of our temper, you know, we lose control of our anger. And we begin to say things and do things we wouldn't normally do. We lose control of our passion, our passion for Jesus. Because nobody wants to listen. Because nobody wants to get saved. Because nobody don't want to come to church. We lose our passion. Listen, we need to be careful because our temper it is a state of mind. We need to control it. You can't lose it. But you lose control of it. Samson's attitude led to wrong actions. Samson, listen, he was physically strong. But morally, he was weak. He let his spiritual guard down. He knew there was a God. And you know, sometimes we feel like, hey, I can handle this. I don't need God. I don't need Jesus. I certainly don't need the church. I can do what I want to because I am a strong man. I can handle this. Well, let me tell you, not only do we need to learn from our mistakes, but the second thing, if you, if you want to be able to recover from a mess, is to choose our friends carefully. Our friends. Who you run with. Think about who you run with. Now, listen to me. I, I don't misunderstand here. It's okay to run with the lost if you're trying to win them to Jesus. But it's not okay to run with the lost if you allow them to entice, like Delilah enticed Samson, it's not okay to allow them to entice you to take a drink. It's not all right for, them to, for you to allow them to entice you to smoke a cigarette. It's not all right for you to allow them to entice you to try drugs. Listen, I don't care what is out there on the market. There is nothing any more powerful than the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to get high on. High on the Scripture. High on Jesus. And lift Him up. We need to be careful, the friends that we choose. You want to fly with eagles? You can't hang around with a bunch of buzzards eating rot. Okay? They both can fly. But it seems like that the eagle is number one. I know God created them both, and I'm glad he created a buzzard for what he created it for, because they do their job. They do their job. But if you want to you soar like an eagle, you can't hang out with the buzzards. We become like those we run with. I've often heard it said, and I have experienced it. You hang out with the dogs, you're going to get fleas. You're going to get fleas. Old Fido might be good looking. Go loving on it, hugging on it, scratching on it. First thing you know, these little little things, you know, you're rooting and digging and you got the fleas. Be careful who you run with. You see, Samson was defeated by bad associations. Do our friendships, do the people we run back hold us back from serving God or do they encourage us to go on? That's the kind you need to hang out with, those who encourage you uh, to go on. Well, if you want to recover from a mess, you, you've, you've got to um, think about what you've done, learn from your mistakes, choose the right friends carefully, 
But last of all, you need to take God seriously. Take God seriously. God's not playing, y'all. This, this life we're living is not a dress rehearsal. Hey, this is it. We won't be in this setting, in this room, anymore ever in this life. Say, I'll be back here next Sunday. Yeah, but somebody else may not be back here next Sunday. Or next Sunday, there'll be some that wouldn't hear this Sunday. You'll never, ever be in the setting like we are right now. Looking at this portion of God's Word the way we're looking at it. It'll never happen. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is a serious thing. And we need to take God seriously when He says, Hey, I don't want you doing this. I don't want you running with this crowd. I want you over here. I want you to take this step. I want you to speak these words. I want you to share this love. Because he don't miss. He hits the nail on the head every time. Samson was careless about his spiritual life, and it caused him to make a mess. In fact, he lived for pleasure than more than a passion for God. Um, you know, looking back at his life, the results of sin in his life brought about blinding. He was blinded. It not only brought about blindness, but he was bound up. And then they took him down to where they, they grind the wheat, where donkeys were hooked to this long rod that walked this circle grinding the wheat. And they remove the donkey. Now listen, don't run miss it. And put the jackass in his place. Hooked, hooked Samson up to it. And he had to push around and around and around grinding wheat. And I guarantee you that they were, there's some of those Philistines standing around that circle making fun of him. Oh, you used to be so strong. Now you're weak. And on top of being weak, you're blind. We've got you where we want you. Sin, listen, listen. Sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. And nothing else. Samson had never prayed. Never, ever prayed. And then at the end of his life, He begged God to draw near to him. Look at verse 28. And Samson called on the Lord and said, O Lord God. Lord God. He's calling on both. Lord God, he says, remember me. Remember me. I pray thee. And strengthen me, I pray thee. Look what he says. Only this once. Just give it to me one more time, oh God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars, one in his left hand and one in his right. And he just bowed down. And when he did, the pillars collapsed. The top fell in. All those thousands that was on that roof, chanting, making fun of him, come crashing down. All those under that arena there were crushed. And the Bible says that he killed more on that day than he had killed of all the Philistines in his life. 
Now, I, I thought about this. You know, God answered his prayer. I feel like this. I feel, he repented. Lord, remember me. I mean, I'm a sorry, low-down human being who has messed up. But remember me. And God answered his prayer and gave Samson his strength one more time. He disagreed with his parents because his parents wanted him to marry one of their kind, but he disagreed with them. Nothing says he got married. He hung out with two women, bad women. He disregarded the warnings from God. And when he disregarded the warnings of God, he disobeyed the word of God, which led him to be defeated by the enemies of God. He begged for strength. He asked for forgiveness, begged for strength, got his strength, but it took his life, which brings up a suicide subject. Can a person who commits suicide go to heaven? The answer to that question, if they are saved, born again, child of God, the answer to that question is yes. You know why? Because the Bible says nothing can separate me or you or anybody from the love of God. It is not the unpardonable sin. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. Turning against the Holy Spirit of God who, who Jesus said, I've got to go home so the Spirit of God can come. But you see, um, Samson went down into a strange city and met a harlot, a whore, and laid with her for his own satisfaction, but it didn't satisfy. And then he goes down to Zurich and falls in love with a lady barber who cut his hair off. Be careful who you hang out with. It is the utmost important thing to be connected with Jesus, guys. I don't care what age we are. It can happen to any of us. We can make a mess of our life. But don't forget, if you're in a mess, God can forgive us of our mess, clean us up, and get us where we need to be. You know what I feel? It's never too late to clean up the mess in our life and ask God for a fresh start. It's never too late. As long as there's breath. So I challenge you today. You want to overcome? Overcome the mess? Learn from your mistakes. Be careful who your friends are. And take God seriously. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for this time to be together. And Lord, only you know what the weather's doing outside, and I pray for our people as we leave this place today. I pray that you would give us safety, Lord, that you'd watch, help us to watch out after each other, watch other traffic coming and going. And I pray now for our people that are, have been under the sound of my voice, Lord, I pray that um, if there's any in here in a mess that they think they can't get out of, Lord, help them to bring it to the altar this morning so we can gather around this person and, and pray over this person because, God, you want to forgive them of the mess and get them fixed back where they need to be. 
Lord, I pray that you'd help us to know that there is recovery from a mess. That we, our own selves, just like Samson, we made our bed and he made his bed and he had to sleep in it. But Lord, we thank you for a second chance. And I pray now that you'd just bless in this invitation time. In Jesus' name, amen.